Brewing with Style is brought to you by Northern Brewer with fast shipping, expert advice, and all the ingredients and equipment you need to make the best beer possible. Visit them today at northernbrewer.com. This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDole, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Hey, hey. That was, uh... That was ready. I'm just going to keep playing the intro music until <laughs> Jay-Z's done. Yeah. John tried to poison me. I poisoned him with peanuts from the Dollar Tree and it worked. <laughs> been the, Man down. The freshness factor yeah. might have been uh, questionable. There. I think I he know. got the pack with the, the... This might have shell warning in it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he, that, got the, he got that pack. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Woo! That's what life is about just, life. Uh, what life is yeah. life. Yeah. I'm alive. Things happen. Just barely. We just took. Yeah. We just take his breath away when he looks at us. That's all. Mm. You know what else takes my breath away? Northern Brewer. Yeah, there you there go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys. Our proud sponsor. Long time sponsor. They've been with us for years and years and years. And uh, what eight years now? Seven. Years? We love them because they have great selection have of, of supplies. Oh no, because they have great. It doesn't take much money to sponsor. I, I, I would think that they would say they get every penny they spend on this, they get back. Otherwise, or more, yeah. why would they be doing it? Right? They, it pays back. We have a bunch of great listeners that buy their products. Absolutely. Maybe they're trying to buy their way into your entourage, Tasty. Ooh, that's they, tough they to do. They hemorrhage money on the sponsorship, but yeah. they, uh, they want to be a part yeah. of the life, you know? Yeah. I don't have much. My entourage isn't that beery, actually. They're more like dumb and stupid. <laughs> looking for somebody to hang with. Yeah. You're the entertainer. Yeah. yeah. Mike brings the party. I wanted to bring the car around or something. Picturing him judging, uh, juggling flaming bowling pins, you know? <laughs> the entertainment. No, I think he just shiny object twirls it in front of him. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're pretty much mindless. Yeah. There you go. <coughs> wow, keychains. <sighs> Speaking of mindless, uh, <coughs> you forget, forget what you were going to say because that'd be perfect. <laughs> No, Speaking of uh, mindless. I was trying to have a segue there, but oh. uh don't really have anything to go on that. But speaking of mindless, we're going <clears> to <throat> be talking about wood-aged beer today, category 22C. Wood-aged. There's a lot of read in that one, in the style guidelines. <coughs> when you go yeah. through, you're like, huh. Well, John, you want to give us a... Yeah, I'd be glad to. A rundown of <laughs> uh, wood-aged beer category? Yeah, you know, it's... Pr- it's pretty open as far as interpretation is concerned. The important factor here is to have a, a great base beer and then a well clean, well made beer uh, with balanced oaked flavor and not to overdo with the oak emphasis. You know, um, you want oak impression, you want oak flavors. There's vanilla, butterscotch, um, what else is there? Toffee, toast, maybe tobacco, chocolate, all these flavor compounds that are found in oak, but. You don't want it to dominate a beer style. You want it to complement the base beer style. So integrated, integrated yes. And I, personally, I've always found my beers when I use oak that it always seems to complement the maltiness. And it, there's just a it's just like the finishing touch on the malt flavor in a beer. Um, it's, it's usually I, works well with darker beers. I found it. I don't know if there's something about specialty grains. These caramel flavor malts. These they tend to complement oak mm-hmm. flavor. Like if oaking a pilsner, you probably could do it, but you'd have to be very conservative. Well, I'll tell you why one works and the other doesn't. Why is that? Uh, It's a lot of the oxidation factor, I think. So in something that is a darker beer, we've talked about how the the highly kiln malts can act as kind of antioxidants and kind of keep a beer, when it gets a bit of oxygen, a little more stable, still tastes, you know, fresh. (laughs) But it does kind of round out some of the character and uh, when you when you put something like a pilsner in, you tend to just get some oxidized pilsner because you know oxygen is getting in there, and a lot of times yeah. you know from you know adding adding the beer to the wood, you yeah. you 
pick up some oxygen as sherry well. Sherry and pills don't go that well together, but sherry and imperial stout go pretty pretty good. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Right. And there's a vanilla character in oak as well, if, we, if, we're, t- if we're talking about oak. Mm-hmm. That goes well with any sort of roast or chocolate character that you'd find in darker beers. That vanilla doesn't pair that well with uh, like smaller, lighter beers. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, the, a lot of those flavors come from the toast that they do on the insides yeah, the of barrels. the barrels. Yeah. And so that, you know, those are melanoidin flavors, and you add those melanoidin-rich types of flavors to something like a Pilsner, and those darker melanoidins <clears throat> doesn't seem to go right. But with a darker beer, a richer beer really tends to be complementary. Yeah. And there's, what, th- three different types of oak you can get as a home brewer right now? What are they, the Hungarian, American, French? But they all contribute different type of flavors. Right, right. You know? I've seen like now some like Yugoslavian and other kinds Careful too. Of those. There's, a, there's bad oak out there, and <laughs> yeah, and you get them, and when you get oak cubes, they can appear dry. They'll be kind of earthy, cardboardy. Mm-hmm. You know, you want slightly moist oak. You know, uh, there's a you want, you your want wood, the, wood to be vanilla damp. Yeah, damp. Yeah, mm-hmm. open that bag and smell it first. But they look dry and they're brittle and almost splinter-like. Don't use it. Mm-hmm. Bad oak. Oh, we mentioned oak. There's other woods as well, right? I mean, there's cedar for one. I know any mm. other right, other, right. other yeah, woods besides cedar I, that are commonly used. Uh, use uh, well, al- beech wood doesn't that yeah, count? Beech wood. Mm-hmm. What about mm-hmm. alder wood? I've only used that in the context of uh, smoking malts. I know so much, right? As a uh, in contact with beer, uh, that's all I can think of. <clears throat> um, what was it? Uh, People are making uh, spruce. Uh, spruce, yeah, there you go. Spruce uh, forders. Uh, yeah, they do other things. There's a bittering agent almost in, in the hot side, I think. Right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, you know, barrels could be made from any, you know, any appropriate wood. Right. Yeah, some sort of hardwood. I wouldn't I wouldn't make, like, a pine barrel or something. Pine heat. That would be kind of nasty, Doesn't I would think. Doesn't make sense, does it? And homebrewers are using cubes or chips. Mm-hmm. So. Sure. Um. Chips tend to have more surface area contact and right. way more aggressive. <laughs> well, they even have you know more of a what they call granules, but it's just kind of shredded kind of uh, oak barrel uh, material, and uh, that gives you quite a bit of surface area. What I what I found interesting is I took I took some of uh, some oak granule <clears throat> and I put that in some distilled water. And I let that sit. Oak tea. And, yeah, I was trying to extract out and see what kind of flavors I would get. And I, I didn't want to heat it up. I wanted, you know, a cold extraction because you heat it up, you know, it may, may drive off some of those flavors. And then um, what I found was a pellicle forming. So the brett in the oak came out. The oak has enough, you know, sugars. starches, sugars that the brett is able to eat. Mm-hmm. And then there was enough oxygen and it, it, it formed a pellicle over the. Uh, <laughs> and what happened was, the bread actually and, consumed because I had been tasting the the oak liquid and smelling it, uh, you know, along along the way. And you know, three months in, the the pellicle started to form, and what? I'm like, well, okay, just move the pellicle aside, and I kept going. And it actually reduced a lot of the flavor that was there. The oak flavor started to go away. So kind of that rich, kind of almost sweet kind of character yeah. of it just eating the sweet compounds i, I don't know what, what it was consuming trip. but it just started losing character as it went huh. so Sorry. i don't know you know because we tend to add brett to some you know barrel aged beers that may be countering your your oak character is what i what i thought well, the only caveat to that is you didn't use any alcohol in your in your process i mean right if, if there had been alcohol and water you may have uh, stop, slowed it down, slowed it down, or stopped right. it. Because bread should be more, more like beer-like. Bread will work in alcohol. No, it will, yeah. no doubt, but it may slow it down to the point where it's maybe not an issue. I think it would have to be really high. Yeah. Are you yeah, certain? It, are you certain it was bread? It was bread, right? Yeah. There's alcohol. no chance it, it came from your lips when you were tasting it in the beginning. Uh, it could have been pedio, but it's it's. Well, uh, first off, I wasn't like was you know put my lips to the uh, <laughs> to the container. I used like a dropper oh. and extract. I you know I I have done my my lab work at a university so i i actually do know a little bit about working in a sanitary manner i don't trust the university do you have a brewery <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh they've got it all right 
Well, let's do this. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're kind of dive into the whole uh, wood age beer thing right after this. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. No, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you massive selection and superior customer service comes the Home Brewer. Dr. Blitzkrankstein? Yes, J.P. Law. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My doctor, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha acids. (laughs) Yes, J.P. Law, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Blickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to enjoy a pint. Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. 
Williams Brewing announces their first customer recipe issue since 1991. This free 64-page catalog includes 27 of the best home brewing recipes submitted by their regular customers. Best of all, this paper-only catalog is free for the asking. Just go to williamsbrewing.com and click on the free customer recipe issue link. This offer expires October 18th. While you are on the site, check out some of the latest exclusives like the Williams Oatmeal Stout Malt Extract, the Big Oxygen System, and they even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enjoy their famous customer service. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. We've got uh, three classic examples in front of us. Scott did a, a great job of uh, acquiring those. Good job, We've Scott. got uh, the number one example, according to the Style Guide, the Lost Abbey Angels Share. Uh, we've got uh, the Petrus uh, uh, Oak Aged Pale. Uh, and then we've got, and according to the label, it is the world's best uh, flavored wood-aged beer in 2012 at the World Beer Awards. Hey, yeah, there you go. It's sold. <laughs> and then we've got... Is that their uh, own awards that they put on? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, that's a good idea. The, uh, the HBC, the Heretic Beer Competition. <laughs> And we judged by myself, best of show in everything. <laughs> Every beer, you guys yeah. actually did that at a kind the of world's thing, best at a judging last weekend. <laughs> oh, did up we? In Santa Rosa, yeah. You guys had the your best of show was the uh, oh, yeah. shadow, yeah, the shallow, shallow grab, and the twin became runner up best of show mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, we did, we did well, and it was a pretty uh, well known Northern California brewing uh, competition there. So. That was the the Heretic Beer Cup last weekend, right? No, <laughs> yeah. no, the Heretic <laughs> Cup, yes. I can't believe you weren't there, Jay-Z. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I was, was the there. judge. I was four of the judges. <laughs> it was, uh, I voted four times anyway. What what was it? Uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, Santa Rosa. Uh, beer. Save, uh, be- beer Brawl Beer. Oh, I forget what it was. I can't remember. Your lovely okay. wife, Liz, was there. Yes. She had an armful of awards. Yes. I said, she looked like a real, a real Zana chef there, the <laughs> flush with awards. That's awesome. Well, and then uh, our third beer is uh, Firestone Walker's Double Barrel Ale. Yeah, it's a home run. Also, also on there. All right, so <clears throat> all completely different. Yeah, I, I think that's, well, the, that's the whole point, right? Nature of this category. Yeah, it's 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 all over the map. Uh, in this case, we've got a. Uh, one that's got, you know, apparently some bourbon or something other sherry or something going on in it. We've got some that has kind of a, almost a dry uh, oak character, or two that have kind of a dry oak character. But one is more like an English pale ale, and one is like, uh, it, it is a bit of a, is a sour. Yeah, it's got definitely a sour note. Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they couldn't be, and just color-wise... We've got kind of a straw color. That's a petrish. Yeah. We've got uh, kind of a uh, golden amber with the double barrel. And then we've got, you know, dark as night with the uh, the Lost Abbey. All right. Uh, Scott, what's your, what's your take on these? Well, I made the mistake of uh, drinking the Lost Abbey one first. It's, <laughs> it's the first example. In the uh, classic mm-hmm. examples, mm-hmm. and so I, I suppose I sh- the colors should have given it away. It's like uh, uh, very dark, like you mentioned, and um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I think the wood is buried underneath the sort of molasses and maple and all of the. Uh, it's like a like an like an old ale barley wine or something. I mean, I, I don't know that I would be able to pick wood out of there on its own or not knowing what it was because it's a bomb in so many other categories and it's flat which makes it all the more amplified all of those sweet big multi whatever uh the dba is classic i've had this beer obviously many many times and it's uh again i don't get a ton of wood on it it just is kind of pale ale 
but then there's that something extra, which I suppose is the wood. A little bit of a dryness and a, a little bit of a kind of a tannin thing going on there. Yeah, right at the finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It lingers. Yeah, which I love. I, I love dryness in general in, in all my drinks. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, that's why I've always loved DBA. But so, but they don't do they do anything other than ferment it in the wood, or they do add wood to it? They're like a no, it's just fermented in in wood. Mm-hmm. Which to me, it, it's not technically a wood aged beer, right? If it's not aged in wood, it's just, it's young in wood actually. How does it end up on the on the classic examples? That's a good question. Double barrel ale. Okay, it's barrel aged. Well, I mean, it's aged, but it's only while it's fermenting. Once mm-hmm. it's done fermenting, it's out of the barrels and into oh, the bottles. Don't they, don't they blend it with some Then they stainless? blend it with un, uh, a beer that's never touched wood, mm-hmm. yes. And then they also take this the double barrel and they actually add that to their pale 31, is it? To their blonde and to, the, make, to make pale 31. Yeah, they, they add. Their Mission the, Street. Right. Uh, well, the Mission Street does not have the double barrel. But when they blend, that's what but they the blend. Pale thirty one has. Yeah, that's what they blend mm, to make awesome. Pale thirty one. The, the Mission Street. Right. That's blend, what it used blend to blend away. Right. Right. Yeah. You well, know, I think the original thing at, at at Firestone was every beer was supposed to be done in barrels. That was their thing. That was what it was going to be, and they've kind of gotten away from that a little bit. I think to Matt's. Uh, They'd have a union a mile long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you think about it. Go all the way down. The, the, the amount of effort to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's much easier to add a 500 barrel fermenter than it is to hold, you know, another. Right. A, a room full of barrels wood, wood barrels. Yeah. Like a board. That you have to, oh, man, I can't imagine doing that. Yeah. But, uh, I, uh, yeah, it's just, that's something else. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm doubling back on the, the, the pale ale thing. It's it's not a pale ale I get out of DB. Actually, Scotty B. Brewing in the chat just brought up that he actually almost gets like a brown brown ale character out of it. And that's much more accurate than pale ale. It, it is brown ale-esque in its taste, if not its appearance, isn't it? Well, think, does Mike McDowell's brown ale compare on all of this? Like, his is over the, the top. The Janet's? Yeah. No, that's an entirely different beer. Okay. It could be sort of like is a like a northern English brown like a, or like right. a Newcastle type. Yeah, of like brown? maybe Newcastle character. No, it no. definitely has an English character. No. And don't don't be getting your advice from the internet, Scott. <laughs> it, it 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 has a little like, brown ale to it. Yeah, no, like, it doesn't like, like, about like, brown. Yeah, nah. In, English English pale. Which okay. has a, a quite a bit more caramel. And you, I think that tannin, that dryness from the oak is kind of giving it more of a little more you may be mistaking for kind of a roast uh you know like a roast grain kind of tannin maybe i don't know i'm trying to make excuses for <laughs> it seems almost uh sheer insanity well the uh the petrus kind of surprised <laughs> me I, I don't know if that i've had this beer before i know mm-hmm. i've seen it a million times but i don't mm-hmm. know if i've had is this what they're all like this this kind of sour beli- oh, yeah, berlinery thing it's a sour beer oh for man sure. i had no idea i find that i love this Mm-hmm. With the, it's you know it's lemony and it's 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 like a Berliner Weiss. It's, it's very clear, but as far as taste, uh, I mm-hmm. love it. I could drink this all day long. Are you getting the wood in there? Uh, yes, yeah, but I, I get wood really? in in. I mean, all, in, all in sour beer you is get wood. <laughs> yes, wood. At the Elevator's gym, going up, baby. Full. Going up. Uh, Everybody squeeze together. Yeah, I get wood in most <laughs> most sour beers that I drink because I mean they're almost all. Oh, really? Age in wood, right? Uh, not necessarily. No, no, nope. not always, no. Well, yes, I do get wood character out of it. Okay. I think I think sometimes, like in the in the case of the Petrus or Petrus, uh, the wood character is actually you know the the bugs, if you will, that are coming from the wood, not so much the the wood wood itself. Uh, I think a lot of places just use the same barrels over and over again to the point where they don't add any wood character at all. Right. They just add the the house uh, bugs if you will yeah it's an inoculation chamber yeah mm-hmm. basically right mm. well and I, I don't know that it's necessary to really have wood flavor technically not yeah versus you no, know what it, no it doesn't say it has the to character have of being aged sure. in in a barrel or in wood right. all right so your number one would be the petrus and your number two <laughs> the dba and your number three the lost abbey yeah but it's hard because it, i feel like none of these belong on the same list with one another they're mm-hmm. all just night and day i mean that's the thing about this category right well is it the most widely varied category how, how could you've be- selected widely varied examples which i think is great that you did and mm-hmm. well and they're all classic examples which mm-hmm. tells me that the category is just very very varied all as it were those, is right. it how could it how could a category be more varied than this we have we have well, you could have picked beers four russian imperial stouts and we'd be just comparing russian imperial stouts right you so you chose really a really a vast uh, uh you know 
each each of these is a different end of the spectrum. Oh, completely. Yeah. It, well, I mean, in any yeah. of these, I think you know, or you know, the the Petrus could have been in a sour beer category. Yeah. The DBA could have been like an English mm-hmm. uh, beer category mm-hmm. and been scored well. Right. Yeah, we have an old ale, a goose, and a and an English pale ale there in front of us, basically. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> John, what was your your impression of these? Um, the Abbey's definitely passes prime. I could probably, I bet you, there in the brewery, like coming straight out of the barrel, is probably pretty decent. You know, um, I, I like the double barrel. I mean, that's the best one on the table. I'm not really. I like Brett beers. You know, um, I think that's a flaw in a wood aged beer. Mm-hmm. If, if you're going to be judging or I would want, I want to get oak, you know, I don't get oak. I get, you know, there's something lactic in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think when you taste double barrel, there's definitely an oak subtlety there in the background that just kind of lingers with the mall profile. And, you know, that, that to me is if I was judging it, I'd be like, that's a great wood aged beer. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, as a home brewer, you know, you got to be conserved <laughs> with how much oak you add. So mm-hmm. anyways, I think they did a good job. So you're going double barrel, Petrus, and uh, then Lost Abbey. Yeah. Uh, tasty? Well, you know, each beer is, uh, like we've been saying, is uh, it's on its own unique uh, category of beer before it, before it has anything to say about the wood. I think each does wood fairly well. You know, if I was going to judge these beers, I would say they've used, you know, wood appropriately. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in terms of, you know, personal preference, uh, yeah. Uh, but, like, Either the you know sometimes if I'm looking for, you know if I do want a sour beer, I've had the the Petrus, uh A lot of times I get it's on draft around here, so I get to have it that way. I'll order that as a, as a beer I want at that particular time because mm-hmm. I'm looking for a sour beer. So if I'm in the mood for a sour beer, yes, I would definitely uh, would pick that first. But if I want a really good pale a beer, beer I can you know start the night with and drink a couple of, you know, the double barrel just can't be beat. It's just a great beer. Uh, again, another great example of, of of good use of wood. It's there. You can taste it. Uh, the other two beers, uh, you know, the sourness and then the uh, the uh, offensiveness of the uh, angel share, uh, this override the wood character, uh, <laughs> just like push it out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's there, but it's just like, you know, in, in that sense, uh, yeah, my question might be, where is the wood? But it's there, you can tell. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, you'd have to be, you know, have to judge pretty, the beer pretty much on its own merits. And, and mm-hmm. merits. Mm-hmm. All right. And then my choices. You will find out after we take a short break. So we'll be back right after this. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and Bruin brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. 
21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. This is a public service announcement. <laughs> hey, dude, I think there's some... <laughs> What's wrong? You don't look so good. There's, <coughs> there's something wrong with your beard. It's making everyone sick. <laughs> don't let your beer make your loved ones ill. Proper cleaning and sanitation is the key to avoiding puke on your shoes. But I used an all-in-one. Cleaning and sanitizing cannot be done in a one-step process. No cleaner can sanitize, and no sanitizer can clean. The amazing chemists at Five Star Chemicals have your solution. Clean with BBW and sanitize with Star Sand. Fantastic! Your friends and loved ones will thank you. Five Star products are available at fine homebrew shops near you and online. Put your best beer forward with Five Star Chemicals. Your one-stop for the cleanest two-step solution. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Now back to Jamil, Tasty, and Blise. It's Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. And we're sampling uh, some classics exa- classic examples of <coughs> wood age beer. And uh, I'm with uh, Plise and uh, Tasty on uh, the Double Barrel Ale. I think that's, uh, for me, the best one. I'm going to drink pints of that. I think it's got that kind of uh, English uh, pale thing going on with kind of a, 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 a oak dryness tannin type of thing that kind of cuts some of the sweetness and uh, makes up, you know, uh, what would be maybe, you know, hot bitterness. So uh, a, a very nice beer. The Petrus, I think, is my number two beer. The thing I don't care for in that is it's got uh, some acetic acid, some vinegar character to it. The Brett's nice, but the acetic's just too strong for me. I, I don't like vinegar in beers. I think it's a, a flaw. It's meant so, for salad dressing. Yeah, it's, it's just it's it's a bit too much vinegar. It fades after a while, but it's still strong enough that I I can't I can't handle it. Um, but I still like that as number two. The Lost Abbey, the Angel Share. I mean, it's completely flat. Um. Yeah, the, and without that carbonation, it's very flabby. It's boozy. It's got a lot of lot of booze to it, and kind of uh, hot alcohol. And then uh, it is uh, very oxidized. A lot of uh, you know sherry and kind of oxidized crystal kind of thing going on. When I opened it, and it didn't even fizz. Like there's no pop to the cork. Yeah, there's like zero carbonation in this. Yeah, it's completely still. Yeah, it's. 
It's so. way past his prime. Yeah, I I thought that that was probably a three year old bottle. Offensive. How how common is the uh, corked and caged bottle losing its carbonation? I don't think I've ever experienced that before. Yeah, generally never. I mean, you know, one of the reasons they use corks and cages is, you know, for high carbonation. Um, so uh, maybe it just did not carbonate in the, uh, you know, I don't know if these are bottle conditioned or. It's eleven percent alcohol. It'd be tough to bottle condition then, huh? Right. Well, I know they've they've had some issues with carbonation before. Uh, people have complained about so. Uh, you know, perhaps, perhaps that was one of those. I do not know, but that would be my, my number three. Uh, <sighs> all right. Um, so oh. there you go. So clearly, uh, John and Tasty and I were correct when we chose the double <laughs> barrel ale. As that wins. And Scott was wrong. And he <laughs> put that one number two. This, uh, this has got to be the weirdest comparison we've done, or I've done with you guys on the show yet. Just be, I'm, because I'm comparing a sour beer to, to DBA. No. Right. How do you? How do I do one and two there? They're well, you have one to think about the, imp- the implementation of wood. That's what we're talking about. So right. You have to, you know, what and, wood you know, application do you like the best? And like we were talking on the, uh, the guidelines with with Gordon, you know, pleasurable beer to drink. Mm-hmm. You know, is the end result pleasurable? You know, is it? You know, does is it a nice beer? when it's all said and done because you can stick together you know sherry and you know booze and oak and all that and it could be you know train wreck or you know you can put something else together and those characters you know it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. so you know you you want it to be a uh you know a harmonious composition of all these you know the the yeah. potential of of wood aging and a beer style or right. you know a type of beer yeah it's more than checking things off a list it's it is in mm-hmm. fact the overall impression that mm-hmm. uh, counts all right so who's got a uh wood aged beer recipe <laughs> i have a recipe easy. for oak edition but not necessarily a okay. base beer all right yeah, application of oak that'd be great. Yeah. Well, go, uh, what go, would yeah. be what would be an ideal base beer before John gives his application? Well, like we were talking early in the show, you know, things that tend to be darker tend to be, um, you know, if you're going to barrel age. But if you're not barrel aging, if you're adding oak to a beer, I think you can you can get away with more uh, paler beers and uh, you know uh, beers like that. But if you're doing a Actually, filling a barrel and aging it in a barrel, I think you need to go with a darker beer. Uh, Just it supports the microoxidation. Right, it's take right, place. right. Can you simulate barrel aging with another vessel and adding mm-hmm. oak like John's about to describe, I'm assuming? Sure. When I do uh, Flanders Red, I was doing it in a carboy with oak cubes and then like a one of those carboy caps that's kind of a leaky, you know, oxygen permeable cap. And, uh, you know, that simulated aging in a large. Uh, uh, oak vessel. So, yeah. so how do we apply it, John? I think it's alcohol dependent, gravity dependent. You know, I would say like for a five percent beer, you know, start out conservative, half ounce of oak cubes, mm-hmm. maybe one ounce. Medium toast, French or American. Medium, medium plus is pushing it. Mm-hmm. Your contact time is probably going to reduce. You know, a mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't leave it on there more than a week or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, taste it every other day. You mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. once you over oak. Right, you're over oaked. Well, you can have a uh, so you can have a, another vessel of unoaked beer, there you go. and you can blend the two back. Right. the The thing is, you know, if you, uh, you know, if you leave it on the oak too long, I think the types of character you extract from the oak changes over time. Which is what? And initially, it's like you know, you're you're getting uh, you know certain flavor compounds early on, and then they, it's a little bit different later, and then even later on, you know, maybe you're extracting something entirely different, mm-hmm. and so you know, you can't just go crazy. So some, I, I think you know, a lot of oak uh, for a few days is going to be different than mm-hmm. you know uh, half that oak for a week. Yeah. Sure. When you think about it, the alcohol is, is a, probably a better solvent than water, so it's going to you know, be faster acting. The water is going to take time, but over time it will do some extraction of things that maybe you know, need, need more time. And then, uh, you know, so, yeah, definitely the time and, uh, makes a big difference. And like John says, 
you got to you know, taste your beer at least every other day. I mean, you can leave it in for like for three or four days with with oak, mm-hmm. and you're probably you know be at a minimum point. But after you know, you got to watch it. I've seen like in four days, it'd be way too oaky, mm-hmm. depending on what you put in there. And the cubes or chips will become saturated, and eventually they'll just fall to the bottom of your fermenter. And I always found that once they became completely saturated and they weren't floating anymore, you were kind of done. Mm-hmm. The the oak flavor had kind of already been dissolved. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you're still going to get flavor from the bottom of your yeast bed, but I always found, like, then you're over-oaking from that point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of a, a visual, you know, reference, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But you can use carboys. But mm-hmm. I never liked chips. I thought chips were way too tannic, too paper-like, you know, cardboardy, mm-hmm. you know. It was like you were eating raw, like a stick when you were a kid, you know. I don't know if you ever did that. <laughs> no, I didn't tend to eat sticks when I was a kid. Two pencils. Yeah, pencils, exactly. You chew on your pencil, you know, it's yeah, like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wood. Yeah. Lead, yeah. Lead yeah. nature. Yeah. That's why I'm so stupid. <laughs> you want to get a complimentary, like, uh, a flavor compound, too, like the maltiness, the vanillas, the maybe a butterscotch, tobacco, the, you know, chocolate notes, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. So the cubes are slower acting. The shredded, I can see where it's got so much surface area that, you know, in a day or two, you'd probably get all the oak character you want, and then it may be a different character than you actually want. You may get the papery, more of the wood, you know, more like what it's met, the, you know, the the wood part rather than the uh, the tannins and the uh, vanilla that you're looking for, mm-hmm. which might be, you know, take several days to extract. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. chips would be better in the primary, right, when you pitch your starter. You know, I think they kind of add a little bit more to the ferment. There's more for that yeast to surface area, better yeast growth, all that stuff. But after, you know, primary's done, you get a secondary agent. I think you need the oak cubes. Is shredded and spiral, is that the same thing? No, spiral, it's actually oak cut into a spiral. That's why they call it a spiral. Oh, I, I don't, a lot of oak. I'm, I'm picturing shredding oak, and I can see like sharpening a pencil, right? It kind of spirals. Oh you... yeah, right. right no, it's right. not so much. Not so different. Yeah, 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 yeah. The spirals again. It's about surface area, ease of extraction. Like you could put a spiral in and take it out. Right. Not the rubber it. vessel. You put uh, it in. You can put your wood in. You put can your, pull wood, your wood, wood out. In, you get the wood out when it's completely the saturated. shredded. You know, it's a little bit harder. You get your wood wet. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when we did the double uh, barrel for Kenya Brewed. I remember putting the. Uh, uh, oak cubes in uh, hop sack, uh, so I can take it out. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime I wanted. What are your thoughts, Mike, about um, using hot water or steam? Oh, to sort of like sanitize them, like pasteurize them before you throw them in your fermenter. I did do that. Uh, I don't know if it's necessary. Uh, We're adding like an oak tea and adding the water. Well, the no, well, no. I just steamed them. I probably, uh, okay. I, you know, I put them in a steam bath uh, over some. But I'll tell you, my experience now is, if you're adding oak, you're probably adding Brett to your beer. Because uh, you know the bread can can live deep down in that yeah, wood, not just on the outside. Um, what I used to do in the past was uh, I would take a little little mason jars. I'd put you know half ounce oak or an ounce oak, whatever my measurements were, and I would just buy you know bag like a pound of oak. I'd put all these mason jars and I would uh, uh, can them. I would sterilize them in a in a canner, and then I had oak cubes to use at any time later on. They were just, st- sanitary, you know, and they were they were sterile. Brilliant. No, what, you know, no they were bread. they were dry in the in the jars or wet. Um, I would I would add a, a tiny bit of distilled water to each one, and, and you would shake uh, it up a it little would, bit. And then would, you, would, you know the steam forms inside there. It's the steam that that's doing the killing. So then you put those in a in a double a boiler of sort, right? And then yeah, it, and, uh, and that uh, would and turn all that moisture to steam. To steam. Yeah. You think they got inside the cubes? Uh, yeah. Well, the the cubes definitely got up to at least two hundred fifty degrees themselves, Fahrenheit. You yeah. think got up that high? Okay. And you still captured the flavor because it was right. sealed. And then, you know, if there was any juices, uh, you know, the juices, I, I could add those too. Sweet. And it, it worked quite well. Great. I was pleased That's with a that. great tip. Yeah. Because uh, I guarantee you, you know, most of the time there's Brett in that wood. Every beer I've had for like two, three years all turned to Brett eventually if I had right. oak in it. Right. They right. all eventually it came out later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's one thing to keep in mind, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But if you oak age something, that's got a lot of residual sugar, and then you bottle it, and you think you're going to lay this thing down for ten years. You got to be careful that you know they don't explode on you. Right. Hmm. What do you do if you? Uh, is that is that really the only way to get rid of the the Brett? Like, what number do you have to hit? Does it have to get to two fifty Fahrenheit before it's gone? Um, I, you know, uh, 
That's, any any spores need, yeah. you know, uh, a higher heat in order to kill spore forming organisms. I guarantee, hundred percent, sure. right? It's two fifty, right? Yeah, two fifty for twenty three minutes or whatever it is. It's absolutely sterile. Um, so you know, if you put them in boiling water and let them soak for a few minutes, have you killed it? Maybe you you probably you know if it gets hot enough all the way through, you're probably good. But, uh, you know, there's necessarily guarantees unless you sterilize them. What about freezing the cubes? Would that uh, kill the bright thing? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, cold enough for long enough, I believe, you know, it definitely kills, uh, you know, like certain organisms. Um, like wild yeast, for instance, freezing will kill, yeah, kill those. Certain or... things, yeah. Certain things will, will be killed. So yeah. uh, maybe. That'd be kind of cool, ice cube wreck. You know, tray with all your cube additions. <laughs> I, right. you know, somebody should do some sort of tests on that. And, yeah, and cut them open what, and see what's inside. What kind of killing they get. Play-Doh. Yeah. Well, and you know, just soak it in some nutrient and see if you get anything. You know, because if it if it doesn't come out there, it's not coming out at all. You know, hmm. doesn't matter. You know, because you're not going to cut them open when you add them. Right. But, uh, I'd be I'd be curious to see. You know, <laughs> same thing with uh, you know. What, what what level of freezing it takes, and because the the bread can be you know like a quarter inch deep in the wood, right? So yeah, hard to say. Freezing is not a guarantee, though. That wild no. yeast are still there. So what do, what do wineries do about that? I mean, the, the, they're susceptible to that. Is that right? Yeah, they freak uh-huh. out about bread. I know they do. That's why I'm yeah. saying. I, how do they deal with that? And like they get barrels. They, and they sell those barrels to people who uh, ship them up and, and, yeah. to, to and sell make the cubes out of them. To breweries doing bread beers. Yeah, they give them mm-hmm. cube makers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. cube makers. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll wrap up with uh, questions from the chat and any other comments from from the crew after this. And now, Northern Brewer presents: What if homebrewers ruled the world? Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at £7,000. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can show you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer had excellent mouthfeel. That's just a crazy dream. Or is it? With Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and water for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of superior customer service and the finest selection of home brewing goods for the future. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read Read your way to better homebrew. Brewers, anyone can resell homebrew equipment and recipe clone kits. Get original at Adventures in Homebrewing. Adventures in Homebrewing has the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipe kits that you'll love. Home of the Serial Killer Grain Mill, 220,000 BTU propane burners, custom stainless steel false bottoms, as well as custom-built brew stands and systems. These are just some of the items Adventures in Homebrewing designs and manufactures in-house. And the brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing keep designing, too. Original extract and 
in all grain recipe kits that are tried and tested and proven to be of the best quality. Most popular are the Blueberry Tangerine Porter, the Nor'easter Cranberry Fest, and the Peanut Butter Conspiracy Stout. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing's original recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And don't forget to use the coupon code BIG10 when you place your order to save 10%. That's coupon code BIG10, B-I-G-T-E-N. Visit Adventures in Homebrewing at homebrewing.org right now and get original today. Homebrewing.org. Join the adventure. Hey, brewers, it's planting season. Have you ever dreamt of walking through your own hop garden? Well, look no further than Woodburn, Oregon, and the Crosby Family Hop Farm. Blake Crosby and his family have been passionately growing hops for five generations. And right now, they're taking orders for 2014 rhizomes for all retail and wholesale customers. The Crosbys know how to grow hops and are here to help you establish your family's very own successful hop garden. In fact, when you plant a hop rhizome from the Crosbys, you're using the same plant your favorite professional brewer bought his hops from. Friendly professional service, fast shipment, and quality hops at competitive prices. The Crosby family brings all of this to you. Call 503-982-5166 or visit bcrosbyhops.com and let Blake Crosby and the Crosby Hop Farm help make your hop garden a reality. bcrosbyhops.com Hops from the Crosby family farm to yours. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin homebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit austinhomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, austinhomebrew.com. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right, during the break we were talking about uh, spill-proof mixing boards. We were talking about vomiting on air. And uh, we were talking about, uh, I don't know, something else. I can't remember. Uh, the fact that Pushing I can't remember. Yeah, there you go. I remembered <laughs> the fact that I can't remember. That's <laughs> so bad. Mike. All right. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> do we have questions in the chat? Eventually, we'll do, we'll do everything here once or twice. Uh, yeah, we got a, a few of them here. What are your guys' thoughts on Spanish cedar? Have you guys ever brewed with it or have had beers with it? Um, Spanish fly, I'm familiar with. <laughs> Spanish cedar, I don't know. Is that like a, a stiffer uh, version? Uh, it's a version that uh, this guy had. That he said his uh, local started carrying it in spirals, but he's he's not tried it, so he wanted to hear everyone's thoughts. But yeah. it doesn't sound like there are any. I don't know. I you know I, I I could I could see maybe cedar, you know, with something spicy kind of character or something that would go well with a spicy because I yeah. can see it's cedars well, being kind of spicy. We had the Cigar City guys uh, on the show and they sent this beer yeah. that then they used uh, Spanish cedar. I mean, I'm not... I'm and not, it's, not uh, as, it's not as forceful. It's not a, as much front, a front as oak. Oh, really? Much more subtle, subtle huh. uh, kind of character. And have that w- weird kind of funky cedar. No, no, there. like when you when you smell cedar mm-hmm. fresh, you know, the, no, it's not like that at all. Huh. Yeah, well, yeah. there you go. It's much more subdued. So the answer is, yeah, go ahead and you know, yeah, give a spiral, give that thing a spin, stuff it in your, uh, in your beer. Uh, all right, here's one uh, from uh, Junkyard Brewing. He said, "Does uh, wood get harder or softer with age?" <laughs> <laughs> he might have just wanted to hear you giggle. <laughs> yeah, I think it remains. From my experience, at my age, <laughs> wood uh, is just as hard. Uh, you know, many years in, uh, I think John was talking about wood being dried out. I think when it dries out, if it loses some of the resins and things like that, 
uh, I imagine uh, the the cell structure could tighten up with a loss of moisture in too dry an environment and become you know quite a bit denser and harder uh, mm-hmm. when it dries out, which could be a bad thing. And I, so I suppose with age that could happen uh, improperly stored. Well, that's like how you see medium plus or medium long toast. The long toast usually implies like a tighter grain wood, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. medium toast is like a looser grain. It's a tree. It's a quality of tree. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the longer the toast, the longer contact time you can actually right. have. Yeah, there's different kinds of oaks that are much denser and harder uh, than others, um, as well. So different varieties of oaks, and that all plays into it. All right, here's a wood uh, aging question. Uh, if you don't have a barrel, how much wood chips should you use? Uh, is, like, is there a ratio, one pound of wood chips per five gallons or, or what? Um, yeah, it depends on how much flavor you want, too. Uh, you could take the uh, surface area of a barrel. That's a known factor in the surface area of the wood, wood cubes for sure. Uh, people have worked out those numbers. And they're available. Uh, let me let me Google that for you, uh, and you could <laughs> use those numbers uh, to determine exactly what the ratio would be. And I think there's even numbers for chips. Uh, I'm not sure what they are, but you know, you you tend to be around uh, like like John was saying, an ounce or a half ounce or something like that on the chips. Um, you know, on the cubes, you tend to go more, maybe, uh, you know, two or, or maybe, uh, even three times more on the cubes than you would on the chips because the chips, a lot of surface area. Okay. This is kind of my own question. Can you use wood chips? Is there a style you, you really not style? Is there a beer that just would not lend itself to wood of any kind, like a pills or something, you know, cause I'm trying to think like a, a, a wit beer or, you know, a brown ale, like you can do it with uh, almost anything, can't you? Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could you could certainly stick it in, stick wood in any any beer, and even meads and ciders. I would imagine, is it going to be a good result? Um, I'm not so sure. Uh, you know, I, I I used to think you couldn't make a good Belgian IPA, and I was proved wrong. So I, I wouldn't say no. I'd say. Yeah, I'll leave that up to the people to try. I could see like a Dortmunder or an over-the-top Czech Pils, like mm-hmm. 5.5%, 6% Pilsner, maybe mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit of American oak in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, think you, I think you'd have to be careful. Yeah. I think, you know, I'll say anything can be done and done well. It's just it's going to take some work. Yeah. Would you ever do that with uh, Janet, Stacy? Do a little wood, wood Janet? Uh, probably not. I, I don't think uh, you put the hobby hobby beers and uh, go that well with uh, with wood. That's just my personal thing. I haven't seen it done well anyway. Hmm. All right, here's one more from uh, the chat room. Uh, how do you avoid uh, that damn coconut flavor that seems to be in so many wood aged beers? First of all, do you guys do you perceive that to be true? Uh, not necessarily. I, I mean, the person you know, vanilla, vanillin is more prevalent i think you know that vanilla character but uh there are certain oaks that are more coconutty and certain oaks that are more vanilla and they have you know various compounds in them so you might try um whichever oak it is that has less coconut character less vanilla character can oxygen lead to those compounds like those flavor aromas that he's talking about coming out the yeah. beer's oxidized during the transfer process or whatever yeah I wouldn't identify with coconut, but you never know, depending on the kind of esters that are formed. You know, the alcohols along with oxidation, uh, you know, maybe you could get some sort of, you know, coconutty kind of thing. I don't know. Hmm. I, I would just, you know, try a different kind of oak and see, you know, instead of French, pick American or instead of American, pick French or you know, Hungarian or whatever. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Thanks to the chat for the questions. There you go. Good questions. People were paying attention. People are actually listening. Wow. They were, nice they're, talking. they're actually in the middle of chastising you for uh, making a Janet joke to Tasty. They're all, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, what an all, asshole. They're all saying too soon. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too soon? Too soon? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on. Just men talk. <laughs> That's right. Man talk. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. I think it was a good show. I think uh, we covered what we were supposed to cover 
And, think so. Uh, if you yeah. like the fact that we covered what we're supposed to cover and we uh, make inappropriate jokes, uh, find our sponsor, Northern Brewer, and give them a hey, howdy, hey. You know, give them the, the secret handshake and tell them how much you love uh, listening to the show and appreciate that they sponsor. You can also check out the Brewing Network store. That's another oh, yeah. way you can support the show. Yeah, check right, that right. out, com slash store. There is lots of goodies in there. There's books and shirts and glassware. Glassware and hoodies and hats and all sorts of manner of stuff that when you buy that, all the profit goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and keeps shows like this on the air. So uh, check out that good stuff and uh, enjoy away. Until then, Bruce Strong, everybody. And often. Okay.